The topic of salaries can be a sensitive subject between couples, but what should you do if your partner earns more than you? Does this mean that your spouse has more to say in shared finances, or do they take complete control of them? Financial experts say this should never be the case, and creating an equal financial footing in a marriage is important regardless of how much couples earn. They say communication and having an equal say about shared finances are key to creating a secure financial future together. But with women beginning to close the gender pay gap, is this easier said than done? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is George Howard, a chartered financial planner at The Fry Group, who's here to share her top tips on creating financial equality in your marriage. Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to the show, George. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. You're welcome. So we've got an interesting topic to talk about today, George. Um, increasingly, women are earning more than men. And I'm wondering, can this create a problem for couples, you know, in terms of financial equality in, in the marriage? No, I think every couple is very different. And what's super important is to be honest with each other and talk very openly about the finances. And if you've got full transparency in the couple, then it's going to make life a lot easier. And it shouldn't then cause sometimes resentments can come in in a couple. And that's because perhaps one person is thinking one thing about the other and vice versa when the reality is something completely different. So it's always important to sit down both together as a couple, but also with um, a financial advisor. And then they can help you with your finances. They can guide you. They can give you hints and tips on what to do. And there are lots of different things to be thinking about as well. So just the concept of women earning more than men now, I mean, it wasn't always, you know, that way. Um, and, and it was always the male um, who, who would usually be earning more. Do you think it's more universally accepted compared with a few decades ago? Uh, and that, you know, one thing, are men more comfortable with it? So I think generally speaking, absolutely. Time has evolved massively. Um, you have stay-at-home dads that are bringing up the children. So things have evolved enormously. And I don't think that there's necessarily a problem in a couple if one earns more than the other. It's very difficult to be on exactly the same income. Um, but what is important is that you talk about what your short, medium and long-term goals are going to be and that you're aligned in your views of what you want to achieve. Now, within that, it might be slightly different. So, for example, if we're looking at the risk that you want to take for um, retirement, for example, you've got, say, 25 years until you're going to retire. You both want to retire at the same time. You've decided that you want to retire somewhere in Europe. You want to buy a property there. So we would do cash flow modelling. Cash flow modelling is at the core of what we do for all of our clients, essentially to make sure that you're on track as you're getting there, but also that you achieve your ultimate goal in the end. Now, it might be that one person has one risk appetite, um, say a medium risk, and the other person is a high risk. So how do we resolve that in a couple? 
Well, sometimes we do invest in individual names. Sometimes we invest in joint names. So what's going to be important is to have a discussion and say, do you want to be somewhere in the middle or do you want to go outside? And it's just really thinking about that and working it out together. So I would definitely suggest that you get a professional involved in the discussions that you're having as well as having them between you as a couple. Okay, so you did mention uh, one of the issues that couples can have if one's earning more or less than the other, and that, that could be resentment. What types of issues can that lead to? I mean, is there a risk, for example, of financial infidelity or even the higher earning spouse believing that they completely control the finances in a marriage? I mean, personally, that would drive me absolutely insane if somebody tried to do that. What are your thoughts? I agree. It's um, it's really a tightrope between that. And, and that is why I recommend to all the couples that I speak to, first of all, that you have conversations together. So there's normally one person that's stronger in a relationship than the other with the finances. So have equal conversations so that you get to know what you're both looking to achieve. And also what will happen is um, I talk to both parties. So there'll be one person that's perhaps dominant on the financial side. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the person that's earning the higher amount of money. It's the person that actually looks after the finances. And again, it can go between the couple. But if you're having a conversation with both people and asking their views individually, then these things quite often come out in the conversation. And sometimes it's something that they need to talk about on their own at home together and sometimes with an advisor. And sometimes I do get involved in those conversations and ask people to think about it and then resolve it at home. So it can become a problem. But if you're open and transparent with each other, just because you have different views doesn't mean to say that you can't find a medium in between that you can work towards together. Does it feel sometimes that it's almost like, um, you know, you're a professional financial advisor, but you're also part marriage counsellor as well when you're advising couples on, you know, financial equality? It's funny that you say that. So um, I do have to have some difficult conversations at times. And um, my husband actually works in the gym and he says he feels like a marriage counsellor sometimes or a counsellor. Um, but definitely on the financial side, it, it does work in the same way. It's um, it's having those difficult conversations. So there are times when I will ask the difficult questions because they need to be thought about. So, you know, one thing that people don't like to talk about is when they're going to die. And unfortunately, it can happen at the most opportune time. No one plans to pass away. Um, so you need to have already had the conversations and also to have the legal paperwork in place to make sure that if when you die, that you make sure that your wishes are adhered to and they're written down in a legal document, which is effectively your will. And you need to have a will in the different jurisdictions that you are. So you might have property back at home from where you come from. So you need to have a will there. You should have a will locally. And it's all about making sure that if something does happen, the other person is fully aware of everything that is within the relationship on a financial aspect. So we suggest that you have a spreadsheet, for example, that is a place to go to. Also, if you have an advisor, you're both meeting that advisor. The first response to that advisor is not something's happened to my partner. I've never met you before. It's this awful things happen. What am I going to do? And 
you admit you know that they're going to take control and help you through a really difficult emotional time. So we definitely recommend that it's um, it can be sometimes having those difficult conversations, but it's also in the couple having those difficult conversations and talking about it. Um, and doing that at the earliest opportunity. Obviously, if you've just met somebody, you're not going to, you know, it's the whole thing about do you want kids and do you want to get married? You're not going to have the conversations about dying at a time like that. But at some point, when things do get really strong between you and you're starting to look at financial things together, whether it's buying a property or perhaps getting married, that's the time to really nail down what would happen if this happened and have we got everything in place or do we need to get professional help with this from a holistic wealth manager? So that kind of brings us full circle then back to communications and, uh, you know, which is key to creating equal financial footing where both are making, you know, the major decisions around around finances. It really does. And I think we we always talk about communicating between you. So when I meet somebody um, for the first time, generally I'm speaking to one person initially. I always insist on meeting the other person, um, whether that's the husband or the wife, whoever it might be in the relationship, to make sure that we're talking about the same things, that they understand everything. And also to think about the person that is the decision maker in the relationship. It's a big responsibility for them to be looking after the finances on their own. But if you're both in agreement and you're both going through the process together, then it feels slightly less of a burden and the other person will feel more included. And sort of coming back to one person earning more than the other, it will help have any resolve any rifts that you have between you with that discrepancy of the incomes that you're earning effectively. Does that make sense? It does, definitely. I'm wondering, I mean, do you think couples should have separate bank accounts and a joint account for household expenses and savings? Or should everything be together? So that's a really good question, actually. Um, Here in the UAE, it is important to have individual bank accounts with um, money that is available to you. Because if something happens to one of you, the account gets shut down and blocked. So it's important for the other person to be able to have access to money immediately to do what they need to do or just carry on running the family and the finances. So we do suggest that you have individual accounts. Some people also like to have a joint account. You might want a budget account, for example, where everything goes out, like your rent or your mortgage and your bills, your food, your day-to-day costs, um, just to help you budget and you know where you are and you each put an amount in and that amount doesn't have to be the same that you're each paying in. So it does definitely depend on what the finances are like. One person may not be earning any money, so they can't contribute to the budget account. So the other person is paying all the money in. So you make an agreement to cover all the normal outgoings and take it from there. And then in terms of um, if if one of you is incapacitated, then the other person has got access to the money. And that also brings into the frame blended families now. So if you've had a child from a previous marriage and you're in a new relationship, It's also thinking about the blended family and what you would want to happen if something happened to one of you and making sure that your wishes are adhered to, if that makes sense. Um, And sorry, just coming back to your original question on the account side of things, it also comes into investments because 
you have one tax regime here, which we're very fortunate to have that your growth of your money is tax-free and there isn't necessarily income tax at the moment. However, you might be moving somewhere where there is going to be tax. So it could be anywhere globally, most places you do have to pay tax. So there may be times when we invest in one person's name or joint names, depending on what the ultimate aim or goal is for that investment strategy in particular and where you're going to end up as well. So there are all sorts of different reasons of why we might invest in individual names or joint names. Okay. And then what about how should the household finances be divided? If, you know, for example, I'm earning more than than my husband, um, that's a hypothetical, um, should it be equally divided or based on a ratio of who owns what? So what we suggest you do is to sit down and and actually come together with a budget plan because um, the fact that you you earn different amounts, you may still be paying the same amount into the budget account depending on how you want to run the finances. So again, it comes back to the communication between the two of you of what you think is fair, what's actually needed to achieve your short, medium and long-term goals how much money needs to be going in there and that sort of comes back to the cash flow that I talked about so in order to achieve your goal you need to put this amount in that can end up being more than 80% of one person's income which is just not going to be feasible because then they won't have their own money to spend so it's getting a balance and discussing it really as a couple with your advisor to work out what is going to be achievable what's going to work within the relationship as well that you feel is fair And then always coming back to it, always coming back every six months and reviewing it at least once a year with a professional advisor to make sure that you're on track to achieve your goals. And that way, you aren't going to have any problems, hopefully, from a financial perspective in the relationship. You can just focus on going out, enjoying your life, having the lifestyle that you want. And that, to me, is really key for clients to make sure that they're getting what they want from their money and that you don't have niggles in the relationship because one person resents the other because one isn't paying more in. But if you've agreed it and you've both agreed it, then there shouldn't be those problems going forward, hopefully. Absolutely. And as a financial expert, you've probably seen quite a lot of couples, you know, disagreeing on, you know, finances and things like that. What would you advise them to do to create an equal approach to um to finances in their marriage I mean they must be you know there would be certain issues that you would have to overcome you know you mentioned resentment before um you know is everybody being honest about you know what they're spending are they hiding purchases and things like that so you know would I mean you would begin with communication and honesty as the keys to finding financial happiness I'm assuming absolutely honesty is key and it's It's not just necessarily being honest to your partner. It's also being honest to yourself about your spending. So it could be, um, you know, it's not just about investing money, but it's also if you've got debt and things like that, it's coming to terms with the fact that you're spending more than your income and that that can't continue. And sometimes if you share the problem with somebody else, they say it's a problem is halved. And I do believe in that is coming back to the communication. And that is a theme throughout our whole conversation today is that if you are open and honest with the partner, you're open and honest with yourself, you can really make changes and you'll feel a lot better as well being open and honest. And it's a good foundation then for your relationship moving forward. 
to have financial strength between you. And it is difficult, but you can overcome it just by saying, well, how do you feel about this? I feel this way. Well, actually, I don't feel this way. So you don't, it doesn't necessarily that you agree, but it's having a happy medium between the two that is going to be a balance for you. So, yes, it can be difficult, but I always suggest that you have regular conversations. Always meet with your advisor who can make sure that you're on track. At least once a year, you should be having a financial conversation about meeting your goals and is your investment strategy working for you? Do you need to adapt it? In which case, what you need to do. If there's any large changes that happen, so you might get a promotion at work and you get a pay rise, always sit down with your advisor to work out what's going to be the best thing going forwards and how can you either save that money or put it towards repaying a mortgage or something like that. So it's always been open to having discussions when something changes. Because things are always changing in the world anyway. And, and things like the investment strategy, hopefully your wealth manager is dealing with that on a day-to-day -day basis. So you don't have to worry about that. But, but they need to be aware of any big changes that happen. And it's important to keep them posted with that. Okay, so that's interesting. Now, just finally, just, you know, a summary, your top tips for people who are earning less or more than their spouse. How should they approach uh, the conversation? So I think it's um, just saying at the beginning, I would really like to talk to money about you. It's not something we've necessarily talked about before. And I just want to have an open dialogue with you so that we can constantly talk to each other about anything that changes. It's making sure that you have a budget in place. A budget is super important. And also thinking about what your goals are that you want to achieve. So if you want to be buying a property in five years' time together, how are you going to achieve that? And what's the best way to achieve it from a financial perspective? And an advisor can help you with that as well. So sort of when you're ready to have the discussion, you've thought about what you want to achieve, that is definitely a time to get a professional advisor involved that can help you achieve your financial goals for the future. They can run through the cash flow models and make sure that you're on track as well. Um, and also they have the expertise. So, you know, if you had a problem, um, you'd go and see a doctor from a medical perspective. It's no different to a financial perspective. You're busy with your day-to-day -day life. You're, you're very good at what you do for a job. But as an advisor, we're very good at looking after your finances for you, investing your money to get the best returns possible for the risks that you're willing to take and achieving the goals that you want to achieve. And also with the cash flow model, we have lots of people that try and do Excel spreadsheets in order to work out what they need to pay in to achieve something in the future. But we have the expertise and the ability to do that really easily and adapt it according to your changing needs. Because generally speaking, you might say today, that's what I want to do. But in five years' time, it might happen in four years' time or six years' time when you actually achieve what you want to be doing. So it's very important to keep on track with it as well. Absolutely. And to uh, keep the marriage happy and avoid divorce. Absolutely. Thank you this week to George Howard, a Chartered Financial Planner at the Fry Group. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pf@thenational.ae. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. 
please do subscribe to Pocket Full of Dirhams on your podcasting app to receive weekly updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison, and I've been your host, Felicity Glover. <laughs>